Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, especially David the Smart Mark, who is a little bit under the weather and will not be with us this week, but never fear. This stunning one is here, and boy, do we have a lot of news and stories to cover this week. So, no time to waste. Straight to the Control Center. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. The top news story, I guess we have to start here, is the ongoing situation surrounding WWE CEO Vince McMahon as this past Wednesday, a news story came out in the Wall Street Journal saying that he paid a non-closer hush fund to a ex-paralegal for an amount of $3 million. Now, allegedly, Mr. McMahon and his paralegal had a consensual relationship while the paralegal in question was employed by the WWE. Now, what makes this the situation is the WWE has a clause under contracts with all their top executives or any employees that says you can't have a quick pro pro. The question was basically, did Mr. McMahon use WWE funds to pay for this non disclosure payment? Now, the board in the story goes on to say their primary findings was that he didn't use WWE money to pay this out to the paralegal. He used his personal money to pay it out to the paralegal. This Wall Street Journal story goes on to say that the WWE board has hired independent counsel and this independent counsel has found other non-declosure acts from Mr. McMahon to different employees in the WWE and they're investigating Mr. McMahon has stepped down from CEO of WWE but still has creative control of Money Night Raw Smackdown and Stephanie McMahon, who was on a personal leave from the company, is back as the intern CEO president of WWE. Now, this past Friday night on SmackDown, Vince McMahon came out in character for literally 90 seconds on SmackDown, where he basically came out to the crowd while from Minnesota to Friday Night SmackDown, said it was a privilege to be in front of him, and he basically talked about that signature opening to the show that now than forever together and I think the whole world was waiting for this moment to see what Vince McMahon would say earlier in the day I know Twitter was a buzz about all the speculation what would Mr. McMahon do is he going to do kind of like what he did with the steroids trial where it was Mr. McMahon versus the world and to me he came out kind of calm but yet in a way when he flipped the mic I was thinking yeah it's also still Vince McMahon just saying yeah, it's business man versus the world. We'll continue to follow the story because this is still developing as we're going on through the week. On to our second news story. This past week, Jeff Hardy was arrested near Temple, Florida on a DUI charge. Allegedly, he was driving his car erratically 
and the Tampa police had a few calls from 911 describing Jeff Hardy's car swerving through the road and stuff. And they got to Jeff Hardy and pulled him over. They administered a breathalyzer test. He blew a .294 followed up by a .291, which both are about three times the legal limit in the state of Florida and most of the states in the United States, which is .08. He told the officers he was on his way to get a brain scan, which later on we found out that the fact that he was having this brain scan done changed the plans for the match that was supposed to be the main event of Dynamite this past week. It was the triple threat letter match for the AEW Tag Team titles. Earlier on during the week, Tony Khan came out with a statement saying that they wanted to help Jeff Hardy, but he was going to be suspended without pay and would not be able to come back to AEW until he successfully did rehab and his body was maintained. And Turner Broadcast Company pulled all the advertisement that had the Hardy Boys in this match. And also, during Dynamite, the Hardy Boys was never brought up. As you watch the episode, the main event was basically advertised as the Yumbus vs. General Express for the AEW World Tag Team titles. Now on to in-ring wrestling news. As ESPN reported that Dixie Carter is going to make an appearance at Impact Slammiversary this evening. Now the former TNA president hasn't been in the company since 2016, 2017-ish. It's going to be interesting to see how the Impact fans treat Dixie Carter because a lot of people would pin the downfall of the original TNA on her mismanagement of Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff coming into the company around 2010 and the fact that they lost their TV deal with Spike TV at the time and we saw the downfall of TNA as they hopped over to Destination America, Pop TV, and eventually they got bought out by Anthem and now are earning the impact umbrella on Apple's own channel, Access TV. Okay, our next news story is about a wrestler who basically was part of my childhood, as the great Muda has announced that he is retiring in 2023, and he's going to have a series of five matches on his way to his retirement. Now, Noah, where he currently works, has already released four dates of the five that Muda is going to wrestle, so hopefully there's going to be one North American trip here. And we get a last Sting versus Muda or Muda and Sting tagging it up here in AEW. Now, I know Mike McGuire from Sunday Night Main Event Podcast has already said this idea. I agree with Mike. I want this idea. I want this to happen. I want a Sting versus Muda match. Okay, David, cover your ears for the next news story or fast forward about a minute and a half because we have a new NJPW Heavyweight Champion of the World as Izuka Okada has fallen to Jay White. Yes, we are back in the Jay White era of New Japan for wrestling. And he had a heartfelt message to Hangman Adam Page. He basically said he can have Okada because now Jay White's the champion. As we saw back on AEW Dynamite TV, he told Page and Adam Cole that he's going to decide on his own time who he's going to fight next. Now, with Okada dropping the title, a lot of people are wondering if he's going to be available for the Forbidden Door. As we know, Okada is expecting his first child later on in August, but Okada has been announced for the G1, so I kind of assume that Okada's going to make an appearance at the G1. I wonder if he suffers some kind of injury or something. I don't think Forbidden Door is going to be as big as it could possibly be if you don't have Okada there. Now, David would 
basically break my arm or something if I don't mention this rumor right now. As at the last Big New Japan show, Zack Sabre Jr. has laid down the challenge because Zack Sabre Jr. believes he is the best technical wrestler in the world. And he wants one Brian Danielson to prove that he is the best technical wrestler in the world. Now, we did not see any mention of this on AEW TV this past week. Me, for one... I'm with David. I want to see this freaking match. This match would be amazing. And it would basically boost this Forbidden Door card. Now later on the show, during the 76 questions, I want to talk more about this Forbidden Door. And hopefully David feels better by midweek and we could do a special Forbidden Door preview show. Okay, our last news story or slash rumor here. There's a possibility that Sasha Banks has been let go by the WWE as there have been stories of her getting illegal teams together trying to force her release from the WWE. And if you watch SmackDown this past Friday night, there was a blank sign behind Raquel Gonzalez during her match against Shayna Baszler. Now, the sign was a Sasha Crew Forever sign, which the WWE quickly moved away from and later on, you can actually see clips online now where this sign is replaced with a blank white poster board. They didn't even try to put a WWE logo or anything on there. They literally just made it white out. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll continue to follow all the stories as they develop here on Ray Free Professional Wrestling. But on to the stunning six questions. It's time for the stunning six questions. All of the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, Sean and David can make sense of it. Okay, I know the segment is Sunny Six Questions, but this week it's Sunny Six Rants by Stunning Sean. Okay, Stunning Rant number one. As we saw at the end of Friday Night Smackdown, the next challenger for Roman Reigns, the Tribal Chief, is no other than... Oh, wait a minute. It's the guy he beat clean for the undisputed world title, Brock freaking Lesnar. And this match is not going to be at Money in the Bank. No, 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 no. It's going to be live from Nashville, Tennessee, SummerSlam. So, sorry, Money in the Bank and the people who are going to be live in Las Vegas for the show. You don't get a world title match. So, the question becomes, what match is going to main event this show now? I'm guessing it's going to be the men's Money in the Bank match. And hopefully, we find a new contender for Roman Reigns. Now, granted, the WWE has been handed a monkey wrench in the fact that both Randy Orton and Cody Rose are sidelined with injuries. Now, Cody is supposed to be out 25 and 6 months with his pet tear. While we found out this week, Randy Orton needs back surgery. And when he does his back surgery, he may be out to the Royal Rumble at the earliest. So now the WWE is scrambling and they hit the emergency brought ledger button and he's back cowboy hat and all. Yeehaw. I mean like they couldn't just have somehow figured a way to get out of that riddle Roman Reigns match for SmackDown, couldn't they? Couldn't they just have the Usos come down there and get that match thrown out and we get this riddle versus Roman Reigns match for Money in the Bank. Now, the match on SmackDown is something you need to go back and watch. It's a good match. And I can take Matt Riddle as a serious contender for Roman Reigns. Even in defeat, I feel faint there's some meat on this bone that we can have a feud that lasts to SummerSlam with Matt Riddle instead of Brock freaking Lesnar. But nope, it's the WWE. They want their Lesnar. Okay, so ding ding. Stunning rent number two. Back on AEW Dynamite TV from Wednesday night. We saw the Young Bucks once again be AEW World Tag Team Champions in a crazy ladder match with, against Jungle Express. And at the end of the match, Christian Cage 
turns on Gentle Boy. We've been waiting for this to happen for a few months now. Probably just as long as we've been waiting for Julia Hart to join Malachi Black and his crew. Now, I gotta say, I got a feeling that AEW cannot book a babyface world champion, either singles or tag team, because both Adam Hayman Page and Jurassic Express have suffered during their first reigns as champions. I feel like Adam Page had a few better matches because he had a chance to wrestle Omega and Danielson, but I gotta say, Jurassic Express during the first tag team title run, they look like a bunch of freaking dorks. And usually, it was the Young Bucks making them look like they're freaking dorks. So hopefully, this is a reset for this tag team title division. Because you got Red Dragon, you got Motsley and Danielson, and we can find some better challengers for the Young Bucks. No offense to Lucia Swords or Jungle Boy. And yeah, I may be biased because Jungle Boy's staying in a J, but let's just put that to the side for a second. I can see Jungle Boy being a mid-tier wrestler right now he should be going for this AEW All-Atlantic title I can see him having that after Miro has a good run with it that's a good spot to have him and oh hey I do see Lucis Wars versus World as being one of these matches where World can have a, a good solid win against somebody as we get World to Scorpio Sky for the AEW TV title on to stunning rant number three AEW we do not need any more title belts since you only have four hours of TV every week. And no, we're not counting AEW Elevation, AEW Dark. Stop with the title belts. We don't need any more. You promised us trio titles. We were thinking we are going to get trio titles this last time. And you come up with these all Atlantic title with a Chinese and Japanese flag on it. Tony Khan, did you fail geography by chance? Just asking. Now... I do believe this title should be like a intercontinental level title because I feel like the TNT title, while it started out being like the A slash 2 title, it has really fallen down the card, especially with the last couple of title changes. It has its flip-flop from Semi Guevara to Scorpio Sky, and right now Scorpio Sky has it. I want to see Scorpio Sky have a long run with it, but I got a feeling he has a date with Warlord. And I don't mind Scorpio Sky losing the title to Warlord because I want to see Warlord elevated up the card because he has been left behind after this MJF feud. And MJF is still persona non grata. Eventually he's going to have a comeback. And then we'll see where they put MJF. Okay, stunning rent number four for the week. Now granted, I might be old school. This might be me being a fatty daddy old guy. But WWE... Can we not have a main event match on Monday Night Raw instead of having a freaking pose down between Austin Fury, oh, I'm sorry, Fury, and Bobby Lashley? Now, granted, I'm a fan of both of these athletes. Bobby Lashley is having one heck of a run since he's got back with the WWE. Fury has come up, been the protege of Vince McMahon, which is going to be kind of interesting to see how the story goes now. Since Vince Man probably won't be on TV for a while as the board gets to the bottom of all the allegations. So I believe we're going to probably just Dallas this situation with, with Fury and Vince Man, And Fury will find he, that he is a man left alone. A one-man country of Fury. But back to this post down. I decided to not watch this. I just went ahead and watched the clips of it. And I went and called it an early night. So WWE, please get us back to having a main event match. I don't care if it's Austin versus Becky Lynch. I don't care if it's Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. Or the new 
Judgment Day with Finn Balor. Somehow Finn Balor got beaten clean as the whistle against Judgment Day. But yet now he's the new leader of Judgment Day. Um, David, you need to get back here and explain this to me because I have no freaking clue. Stunning rant number five for the week. Now this concerns NWA and progress. I love both companies. I enjoy their wrestling. But I was watching the latest episode of Progress, which is the first night of the Strong Style 16 tournament. And the one thing I noticed, the athletes were actually taking bumps on a hardwood floor in a large bar. Now, back last week, I was at Always Ready for NWA. And the athletes didn't have mats there either. They were taking bumps on basically Commission 4 carpet. Both programs, if you're going to treat yourself like a major company or a mid-major company can we not have mats in 2022 i don't need to see athletes taking bumps on hardwood floors or carpet you will look at these injuries with randy orton cody rose and stuff they can happen in a ring flute injuries yes they are but you should take every chance to have safety here and have some matting on the outside rings for these wrestlers because most of these are independent contractors who have to do their own insurance and them getting injured costs them money and it just drives me crazy watching this progress show even though it was great i don't need to see like a ddt or something on the hardwood floors i'm sorry it's not 1970 anymore let's do something different okay so my sixth and final rant of the week we're going back to AEW because they have two good divisions they have their men's single division and their tag team division they are stacked they're loaded I mean, you could come up with about 20, 30 different combinations of people to wrestle every week. The one thing they're lacking is a solid women's division, and it's been three years, and I like the international feel to their division, but last week on AEW Diamond TV, we saw Tony Storm basically get her win back from Britt Baker, making her the number one challenger to Funna Rosa for the AEW Women's World title. Now, granted, I feel like Funna Rosa could lead Tony Storm to a good match, but how can Tony Storm be the number one contender to this title before Britt Baker gets her rematch? Or the fact that Britt Baker versus Tony Storm, they're 1-1. Shouldn't they have a third match before we get to Forbidden Door and we get this Funnel Rosa title defense? And oh, by the way, can we not have Funnel Rosa on TV more than what she is? Because I'd like to see her be a champion. It's kind of like the same thing with Hangman and Page. They put these title belts on these babyface champions and that's when you know... They're like background dressing for other fuse. Okay, that ends my Sunny Six rants for the week. We're going to go ahead and preview Impact Slammiversary. Normally, we would do the Churchill Cup here, but since David is ill and under the weather, we'll have to wait for another day before he has his chance to regain the Churchill Cup. But if he's not able to do it for Forbidden Door or Money in the Bank, I may issue a open challenge to anybody who listens to this podcast, or if you have a podcast, if you feel like you can dethrone the American Stunny Churchill Cup champion, send me a message. The door is open. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, our first match on this card is Rick Swan versus Brian Myers for Rick Swan's Impact Digital Media Championship. Now, Rick Swan has lately got this title away from Matt Cardona. I do believe this is his first title defense. I believe Brian Myers is not going to be up to the level of Swan. I predict Swan to retain his title as he goes on to somebody else not named Brian Myers. Okay, so this is Impact's 20-year anniversary. And they're basically doing every TNA match possible. And they're doing a reverse battle royal. A freaking reverse battle royal. A Vince Russo special. 
and they don't list who's in this match yet. So there's no way to predict this, but hey guys, you're going to see a reverse fire oil where you get like nine people outside the ring the first seven into the ring get to do the battle royal part then the final two go into a regular match it's one of the most convoluted wrestling matches in the history of professional wrestling it's gonna be kind of entertaining mostly lower mid card hopefully it doesn't last more than 15 minutes okay as i look at the match at wikipedia the next match we go to is going to probably be the main event of the night it's joss alexander versus tna slash impact original eric young for the Impact World title. I feel like this is going to probably be one of the best matches on the card. But I don't see Josh Alexander losing his newly gained Impact World title to Eric Young. I believe this is the start of the story of the two guys. So give me Josh Alexander to retain. Okay, so the match that's probably going to steal the show here is the Alta X match for the Impact X Division title. As we have Ace Austin, Kenny King, Mike Speedball Belly versus Trey Miguel. Jack Evans and Alex Zane. Buckle your belts here because this is going to be a fast-paced non-stop action fest. And I really don't know who to pick here. Austin is the champion. But I can see any of these gentlemen win this match. And I'm going to toss my hat to Trey Miguel. I believe Trey Miguel is going to beat Ace Austin unless the Bullet Club comes out and helps Ace Austin win this match somehow, some way. Okay, next we got the first ever Queen of the Mountain match for the Impact Knockout World Champion with Special Enforcer Mickey James. We have Tasha Schill, who's the champion right now, versus Chelsea Green, her best friend Deanna Perrazzo, Jordan Grace, and Mia Yim. Now, I can see the friends deciding to group up on the other ladies, and maybe it'll come down to Green and Deanna Perrazzo, or it could easily come down to Mia Yim and Deanna Perrazzo. David, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to friend of the pod, Chelsea Green. Let's have Chelsea Green have the Impact Knockout title for this for a short time. It's the summer. It's the summer of Chelsea Green. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're probably up to the match that's going to be David's favorite match on this card. It's the Bristles versus the Good Brothers. Now, a few weeks ago on Impact Wrestling, the Good Brothers made the unfortunate trip to Delaware and to the Bristol Farm. And they ran into Papa Briscoe, and they found out that Papa Briscoe can fight. So hopefully we get to see Papa Briscoe in this match. And I want to see the Bristols retain these world titles because I don't want to see the Good Brothers with these titles yet again. They had them earlier in the year. It was part of the whole beginning chapters of the Forbidden Door. And it seemed like Impact was getting a short end of the stick every week to AEW. Let the Bristols be the Bristols. Make this be a hard-hitting match, retain the titles, and kick the good betters back to New Japan for wrestling. Okay, up next, we have a 10-man tag match between Honor No More, Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, PCO, and Vincent as they face the Impact Originals, Chris Sabins, Alex Shelley, Nick Otis, Frankie Kassarian, and a mystery fifth partner. Now, originally, my idea was, hey... Christian Cage, mystery fifth partner. He was a face on AEW. He could come to Impact, be the fifth member of Team Original here. But I don't have a clue now since they turned Christian Hill on AEW TV. Or do I know he's able to do this pay-per-view? That would have been my pick. So I'm going to be interested to see who the fifth member of TNA Original. But I got a feeling that Honor No More is on this run and they're led by... The First Lady of Professional Wrestling, Maria Canellis Bennett, and Mike Bennett's in this match for Honor No More. So, I'm signed with Honor No More. 
And what would Impact Slammiversary be without a Monster Ball match as Moose faced Sammy Callahan? I got a feeling that Sammy Callahan just got back in Impact Wrestling. And I got a feeling that he's going to defeat Moose in this match. I don't think this loss will hurt Moose in one bit. Eventually, I'd like to see Moose move back to the Impact World title scene. Because he had an entertaining run as Impact World Champion. Now, granted, I might be in the minority on that situation. But that's just my personal feeling. But give me Sammy Callahan to win this match. Now, the ninth and final match we got a review for the show is for the Impact Knockout Tag Team titles. As the influence Madison Rain to Mill Dashwood faces off against the unlikely team of Tyler Bakery and Rosemary. Now, granted, I like all four ladies in this match. It should be a good, solid wrestling match. But let's have some fun. Let's have Tyler Bakery and Rosemary get the titles. Let's see these two opposing forces get back to being friends. It could be an interesting story night over the summer. It could be something Impact Wrestling can do. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been your. Impact Slam Anniversary review here on Ray Free Professional Wrestling. Before I go, I just want to wish everybody a happy Father's Day, especially David, Joe Adenago, Greg, and Brad and Dad for the Smack Daddies, and you three gentlemen. You are more than welcome to come on Ray Free Professional Wrestling and try to strip the Churchill Cup from the stunning American Churchill Cup champion, if you dare. Ladies and gentlemen, until we see you next time on Ray Free Professor Wrestling, have a stunning start to your week. And as always, stay stunning. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcast and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.